how you guys doing? So glad you could uh, join us tonight. First race of the year at the National Grand Prix Championship Series. Whoop, whoop. How'd you guys do today? Yeah? Took a podium right on. Norway crash. Uh, that's not good news. But you're okay? Amen. You're okay. Yeah, we're gonna all gonna have some bumps and bruises and some victories, and uh, I think 2020 is gonna be a good year. I think we're gonna have clear vision this year. You know, 2020 vision. <laughs> it's my joke for the year. I'm gonna use it a lot. So if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but I think it's hilarious. But man. Am I excited about what's going on in my life and Ginny's life? Uh, Ginny's going on her first mission trip. Yay. Ginny's headed for Bulgaria on the 22nd of February. And if any of you guys feel led, um, you are more than welcome to help tonight with uh, an offering to help her get to Bulgaria. Um, I'm not going to pass a bucket, but there's a there's a bucket set up over here. And uh, tonight, if you would like to bless her, um, just make it out to the lighthouse. And just in the byline, if it's a check, go ahead and say for Jeannie Young. But yeah, she's going to Bulgaria for 10 days. She's going to be supporting uh, Women in Crisis mission over there. And uh, it's going to be cold. But you know what? God is good. And God is doing big things in our life. You know, Jeannie and I have been in school. Uh, we're now in our second semester of our associate's degree at Wagner University. Uh, we've been going to QTI, a Quest Transformation Institute, for the last almost six months. Uh, we basically got through our first year of our associates. And now we're in our second year. And... Uh, Got to tell you, we've been learning so much. I'm blown away by what God is doing in our lives. I mean, I, I know the Bible. I read the Bible every day. Sometimes two, three times a day. Sometimes all day. <laughs> but you know what? I, uh, I didn't have a true knowledge of what the Bible is about. I read it and I was like, oh, that makes me feel good. Happy, sad, mad, glad, whatever. I, I, I read these things and, and I thought every time I read the Bible, it was speaking to me. And it is. Don't get me wrong. This is God's love letter to us. This is our basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what Bible stands for, right? Um, but it's a little deeper than that also. Um, there are words and dark sayings and uh, poems and and so much in the Bible that I never ever ever dreamed I would learn about never never mind understanding so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about that we're going to talk a little bit about 2020 and, and the vision that God has for each of us this year I think it's important you know, it's, it's our first Grand Prix, and uh, 
Do you know what? We, we truly get to start over. Beginning of a new year. Our points are zeroed. Everyone's on the same page. Uh, it's a new start. We have a chance to be great. We have a chance to win a championship. Every year. And that's kind of how our walk with God is. Now God, he's, he's so generous. Because every day we are a new creation. Every day we get a do-over. If we blow it yesterday, there's grace. There's grace. And so we start again tomorrow when we're like, God, please forgive me. Help me, Lord, to, you know, to get on the right path. I want to know what God feels about my plans, about our plans. Did we include God in our decisions? Did we at least give him the chance to say no? Because when we just do what we want, it doesn't always have a happy ending. I mean, Noah, my hero, a man that was literally walking with God, he's asked to build a boat. <laughs> but here's some things about Noah that you might not know. Noah lived nowhere near an ocean. More than likely, he was somewhere near modern-day Iraq. There was no way he was ever going to get this boat to a, to a river or a lake or, or even the ocean. It was just too big. Noah probably did not build the ark alone. The same people that were laughing at him and mocking him, making fun of him, they were also probably being paid to help him. Let that sink in. How many of you guys complain to your boss while you're at work? How many of you make fun of your uh, supervisor while you're doing your job? And yet I kind of feel like the same people that were helping Mil uh, Noah build the ark we're also making fun of him. One more thing, and this is important. It had never rained before. Yeah. Before the flood, it had never rained before. Genesis 2.5 says, The Lord had not allowed rain to fall upon the earth. You know, we could get into what that means and, and uh, how that happened but bottom line is that's what the Bible says and some things I have to take literally so no one knew what rain was they had basically the biosphere and it, it helped provide water all over when you think about these things it takes a lot of faith. That is what stands out to me. The fact that, that a man built a huge boat on dry land. Because God told him to. I think that every time we start a ministry. Or even a prayer house in the middle of the desert. It's because we have faith. That God will complete what he's asked us to begin. And that's important. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says, 
Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We cannot forget Noah because he talked to God he had a relationship with God he knew why he knew why he was building that ark he knew that the world was going to be condemned and the only way that he was going to save it was by being obedient to God remind you of somebody else One man saved the whole world. Who does that remind you of? Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Yeah, the Old Testament. If we read the Old Testament, we literally see a scarlet thread weaved all the way through it. God telling them over and over and over that there was going to be a Messiah that someone was going to deliver them and save them all. Hebrews 11.7 says this, it says, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear he built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness. That is in keeping in faith. I have one more thing to tell you guys about Noah. I love Noah. You guys know that? I talk about him all the time. He's one of my heroes. What's the promise he made to us, Maddie? That's right. The rainbow. He would never flood the earth again. This is Genesis 7, 16. It says, The animals going in were male and female, and every living thing, as God had commanded Noah, then the Lord shut them in. And I want to talk to you guys about why did they use two different words for God in this script? Why did why the distinction between God's in one word in one verse? Why would it matter to the Jews that, that two different words for God were used? Elohim is the more common word for God. It's used with big G and little g gods. But Jehovah, Jehovah, that is the proper name of God. That is the big G. The writers did not want anyone to misunderstand that the big G God, Jehovah God, had closed the door in the ark. It was not an angel, no other deity. It was the great I Am. The triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's important to know that. Have you ever had God speak to you? No, seriously. Have you ever heard His voice? I mean, either from reading the Bible or maybe from people prophesying over you or friends talking to you. Or maybe it was just that still small voice. That's our conscience. 
I mean, it's so important to be able to know what God has planned for you. I mean, it's the start of a new year. Do you know what your calling is this year? Do you know what God's asking you to do? Because if we're believers, if we love Jesus, we all have a job to do. No one gets to ride the bench in this journey. Get back to that. How about it? Some of you guys chasing a championship this year? Or is this year a learn and grow year? Are you just out here to have fun? Or is this truly what you're planning to do for a living? I'm going to tell you, Abraham, Father Abraham, basically the, the father of all of us. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had fun. You don't remember that song? Mm. Loved that song. Used to sing that. The girls always did it in Sunday school. Anyway, <laughs> Abraham was struggling at one point. At one point, he was coming back from Egypt. And he had to know what God had for him. Genesis 13.3 says, from the, from the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar to God. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Did you see that? His name was Abram here. Did you know that, that God changed Abram's name to Abraham? Yeah, he did. Because when he sought God and he walked with God, at that point, God said, I have a new name for you. I have a special name for you. You are going to be called Abraham and you're going to be the father of a great nation. You will have more children underneath you than the stars in the sky, than the sands on the beach. It's important to know that right there at this point is where Abraham had an experience with God. Sometimes we have to go back to a point in our life that, that makes sense and seek God there at that point, at that altar that we built to worship God when we had an experience. Do you know that in the Old Testament, anytime God moved in their lives, they built an altar and they worshiped him. Now, I'm not saying we should go grab some stones tonight and go build an altar and worship God here, but, but I want you to remember. I encourage all of you to get a journal and write down what God is doing in your life. How God is moving in your life. Write down the dates, write down the times, write down what happened. Because honestly, that journal will become your altar. It'll become your remembrance. So you can remember all the great things God did. We don't want to forget when God moves in our life. We don't want to forget those experiences. I don't want us to have a lack of understanding 
and our lack of faith in God. When I was first called to serve God, I got to tell you, I ran for Egypt. I ran away. I was not ready for that. Many of you know that, that I had a vision when I was 13 years old. I literally saw that one day I would be playing and speaking to thousands of people. And I, that's happened a couple times in my life already. But I don't think I'm done yet. I don't think that's, I don't think that vision is complete. I don't think that I'm done seeking after that goal that God gave me then when I was 13 years old. I relate to Abram. I relate to Abram. Not Abraham, but Abram. In this verse, he's going from place to place trying to find his purpose. Trying to find where, where he had that experience with God. Because after he came out of Egypt, and Egypt is our past life, our sinful life. It's, it's kind of like a metaphor. You know, when I talk about, oh man, I was in Egypt. That's me saying, oh man, I wasn't walking with God. But when he came out of Egypt, he went back to where he knew he had encountered God. He went back to Bethel. It's a big deal. He went back to the altar he had built and he had worshiped God there. When I surrendered and found my passion, that is where I built or, or laid up my foundation, my cornerstone. And and that's where I have freedom to worship. That's where I have freedom to serve God. That's where I have freedom to absolutely know that I'm in God's will. And I want all of you to have that same, same experience in your life. But I want you guys to know that God uses our lapse of faith. In my own life, I have had many occasions that I have gone forth boldly in my own desires or even my own ministry goals. I have not always waited for God to move in my life. You know, when we first started Team 2 Racing, I, had, I literally had gotten to the point where I had a vision. I saw God doing this and doing that. And to be honest, I didn't even have a quad. I just wanted to come out and, and do, serve, go, be involved. And you know, I, I thought, well, I have to get a quad, I have to get a trailer, I have to get a new truck, I have to get all these things, so I'm gonna be able to hang out with these guys and do this ministry. I went into debt so deep. I put my family in debt for thousands and thousands of dollars. And we still make a pretty big monthly payment on that debt. It helps to remind me that I'm not in control. That God is in charge. This thought that God is not in control, but that he is in charge of my life, that idea will stay with me for the rest of my days. And yeah, did God use that for his glory? Absolutely. Did it eventually turn into a ministry that could glorify God? 
Absolutely. But just imagine where we'd be today if I would have done it in his plan, not in mine. If I would have chosen his path and not my own will. So I'm going to think about. I mean, what happens when God intervenes in our life? This next verse, it spoke volumes to me as I related to the fact that when God intervenes in my life, sometime it is between the holy and the worship. This is Genesis 25, 11. It says, After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived near Beer Lahai Roy. Beer Lahai Roy. Hebrew. It's Hebrew, and what it means is the well of the one who sees me. Because Isaac wanted to be near the well that his father had built when he had had his moment with God. He wanted to be in that place where, where God saw him. He wanted to be able to relate to that, walk in that. I mean, I want that to be the well that I drink from every day. I want to be drinking from the well where God sees me, where I'm pleasing, where I'm doing what he asked me to do. I want to walk in the knowledge that God sees me and that he will intervene in my life. I don't care as much anymore about being successful in this world. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've worked hard and I've won championships and I've lived in a very abundant life. But lately, I've realized that, that the only fruits that we bear for Jesus really measure our success. This is Ephesians 5.8. It says, Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with Him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with His revelation, with His light. And the supernatural fruits of His light will be seen in you. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. We have to learn how to be a friend of God. We have to learn how to be children flooded with his revelation. I mean, God has been showing me that my friendship, my intimacy with him, for me, it's in devotion and worship. When I'm working on worship songs, I've been trying to see how this song or that lyric brings him joy or peace or shows that I am his friend. I'm trying to use this time to just sing from my heart and allow God to commune with me. Because that's where I feel close to God is in worship. For some of you, it, it might literally be racing. You might feel close to God when you're twisting the throttle. For some of us, it's reading the word. For some of us, it's in prayer when we're praying for other people and, and being in the middle, being an intercessor for people. That's when we feel close to God. I just want us to develop a friendship with Jesus with the living God. I love this. This is Psalms 100. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. 
Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us, and he, we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I want to have that friendship. I want to be able to worship God with gladness. I want to have that joy the rest of my life. I want to reach a lost and dying world. My heart is for the lost. My heart is for those that don't need Jesus. And I can tell you, if you want to reach a lost and dying generation, you have to live and act like Jesus. You want to be a leader that's authentic, then you have to have a lifestyle that Jesus would appreciate. Our lips have to be without profanity. Our marriages have to depend upon Jesus. We all talk about freedom. The world hears they, they hear that. They hear about freedom and they, they somehow have tied it to freedom to sin. That's not how you have a friendship with God. You can't be free to sin and think you have a friendship with God. Because God's holy. We have to strive to be holy as Christ was holy. When we are genuine, when we do and say what we really want, and it lines up with what God really wants, man, real life always wins. When we're genuine, when we're living our life in a way that brings God glory, that's attractive. People want that. They want to have that kind of relationship with you, with me, with God, with, with everyone. We all want to be happy and in love with each other. No one wants strife. First Peter this is one thirteen. It says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all that you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. It is amazing how spending time in Genesis this year has helped me to see kingdom living. It's helped me to understand that my job as a pastor, my job as a believer in Christ isn't to, to convince you all that Jesus is coming back tomorrow and, and if you don't get saved, you're going to go to hell. That's not my job. You know what my job is? My job is to love you. My job is to treat you with kindness and show you that that. Jesus changed me. That reality will change lives. 
when we act with kindness and grace and mercy and all the fruits of the Spirit, we will change lives. It is amazing what God is doing in my life. Not because, not because I'm righteous, but because He's righteous. I mean, actually, it's almost polar opposite of what, my, what you might think, but God was mighty, and yet He gave us authority. We fall down, and yet God went above and beyond to get us back in the game. He is my Redeemer, and all authority is from Him and to Him. Everything we do, everything we say, and every moment that we choose to follow Jesus, they will be the moments that you will always treasure and that God will always honor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to absolutely fill us tonight. That your presence overwhelms us and allows us, Father God, to be more in love with you than we ever have been. I pray, Father God, for just our hearts and minds to be sold out to the living God. I pray, Father God, for a renewing, Father God, of our spirits. Give us hope. Give us joy. Let us remember, Father God, that, that Noah built an ark, Father, when there was no water around. So even when it seems like we have no hope, Father God, our hope is in you. In you, O oh God, I place my trust. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.